Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, November 20th, 2020, episode number 161. And it is Fast Eddie, which is my dad. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Fast Eddie! Woo! I'm not going to tell you how... I got all these sound effects now, so I'm just having fun with it. I'm not going to tell you how old he is, but he's over 70 now. Over 70? That means he's 70 in one day? No, that means he's 71. Oh, he said it. Sorry, Fast Eddie. We were blowing up your spot. He doesn't look a day over 34, though, I'm telling you. Well, when he started frosting his hair, that's when he started looking a little bit older. Well, at least he's still got hair to frost. Go ahead, Fast Eddie. That's true. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday from us... And everybody in the whole flat track community and the world. Man, you and your sound effects. Man, I'm on a roll already. We just getting started. Um, what's going on, man? How the hell are you? I'm good. I was supposed to be down in Florida with you, but uh, you know, plans change, and I stayed yeah. home. And you went paddleboarding without me. Life happens. We missed you on the paddleboard adventure. Uh, we still ended up making some content. I was able to make this cool. I mean, for those of you that can't see on the Patreon, sorry, but uh, we made this really cool interface to do some live streaming. So I, we can now make content from our offices in our living rooms. That's pretty damn cool. So, um, or, or wherever I might be, you or, know, I might yeah. be on the road somewhere. You might be on the road somewhere. You never know. But we're mobile, right, right. Uh, which is super cool. We kind of built this in that way, um, and we're trying to transition that as we move to video to keep that uh, mobility a thing. So, uh, so it's super cool. Uh, we we actually sent hey. some uh, personalized message to our patrons. Thank you so much again. We thank you every episode, but we cannot thank you enough for your support. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, and also people have asked us how to be. Become a, a, a patron pa- on a patron. Patreon. Yeah, it's, it's and we're gonna make a video about that later on too. So uh, yeah. stay tuned, yeah. and we'll teach you how to do it. Because I'm not even sure how to do it, but I know we have our followers that are in there giving us a little bit of support every month, we and we it. certainly appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah. We couldn't do this without you, and we couldn't make it bigger and better without you. So uh, really appreciate you guys coming on board early and helping us uh, kind of build this thing. Uh, and you know, it's gonna grow week after week, month after month, and we're gonna continue to add things add features if you have any ideas uh and you're a patron like uh we sent you guys these messages with these with these comments but if you're a patron and you have an idea send it our way we love ideas we love implementing what you want to see because hell you're helping us make this now so you're part of this so um anything else on that front well i think that's it for that um last week about the same time we put the podcast out maybe as earlier in this week big news dropped and it's not necessarily good yeah, but it's it's big. It's not all bad either. I mean, yeah. it's it is it is news. And Thunder Press did an article or did an interview with them right away because there was a lot of rumors going on that Harley was just completely bailing on flat track, and that's not the case. Right. The case is that Harley Davidson and Vance and Hines are no longer going to have their partnership in racing, so they're still going to be involved in helping out Harley Davidson. Uh, they're kind of trying to drive the dealers, the Harley Davidson dealerships to get more involved in the flat track uh, world. So maybe you can go buy an XGR 750 or an XG750R from, say, the dealership right down the street from my house. Yeah. You can buy that with support from Vance and Hines, and you can still go racing. So that's that's the gist of it. It kind of didn't really say where everybody's going. It said Vandercoy's already secured a new ride for next year. I know a lot of those teams can't talk about it yet, and 
Terry Vance. Can't really talk about exactly where everybody's going yet because of their contracts with Harley Davidson. They are year to year, so that will end December 31st. So uh, we, you did reach out to I Brian did. Smith, yeah, and to Ricky Howerton. They're going to come on as soon as they secure everything, which I'm sure it may be midwinter. That to me, Carter means right after the contract is up. So yeah. uh, big news, not necessarily all good news, but. Uh, uh, I'm hearing a couple of other rumors, too. So we'll have to see where Brian Smith's going to end up and where uh, Dalton Gauthier is going to end up. He actually might still be on a Harley, supported by Vance and Hines. But we'll just have to see. It's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, man, it's kind of nuts. I mean, and we usually see this, you know, this time of year. We, we, we're always making the phone calls. Hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Nobody can usually talk now because of those contracts. So it's expected. Um, with the with the this news uh, last week coming, it's kind of a different deal, you know. With Terry Vance doing the interview with Thunder Press, like I can't. When's the last time you read an article, Scotty? Like you read the thing. I love it. You you say you hate reading, but you read this thing because I, it was I do. such big I, news, I right? It, that's probably probably one of my biggest downfalls is I don't <laughs> have patience to read. I mean, I don't, I don't like reading. I just, there's no, no bones about it. I've read it's one fine, book bro. since I graduated college. You know, I got an associate's degree from college. Usually I'm reading, usually read I'm reading book. the articles though and telling you what I read in the articles. And this one, you had to explain it to me. Like I just, I wasn't around, I guess, before the days of, you know, them coming in as the factory effort, like, but this used to be the way it was, right? They went through the dealerships, right? Well, yeah, that too. But it also, you know, the factory team used to be out of, based out of Milwaukee, where Harley Davidson is from. Yeah. And then they moved down to where Vance and Hines is located, just right, right, you know, around Indianapolis, Indiana. So it sounds like they're taking some of the stuff back in house up to Milwaukee. Uh, and, you know, lo- maybe more local dealerships will get involved and start supporting Flat Track. I think that could be good. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you look back a, a few years, you know, Jared Meese was sponsored by Blue Springs Harley Davidson. And Las Vegas Harley Davidson, yeah. you know, those days might come back. You know, you might get, you know, support. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see. There's some comments uh, about Rispoli. Yeah, maybe going Super Twins. Oh, yeah. Maybe getting support from Latest Motorsports because George Latest actually has a Harley dealership as well. So, uh, you know, like we said, there's a lot of contract issues. We can't speculate. We're just kind of going off of what uh, we found out from the Thunder Press. A lot of rumors flying around. Don't believe everything you read and don't believe it <laughs> until you see. I'm, you know, I don't usually like buy into any of that until these bikes start hitting the damn dirt in March, right? Like, or practices before. That's when you start to see, even the first of the year, you start to see these things solidified. So I think a lot of people are just trying to figure out what, where, you know, where they, where they, where they are. And when the dust settles, Everybody's going to have a ride. Everybody's gonna, it's, And it's going to be exciting heading. We all know that heading into next year. Um, there's a, always a lot to look forward to, even when crazy things like Vance and Hines and Harley Davidson split um, are part ways. There's there's going to be more that just more opportunity for exciting things. So we'll see how that ends up spinning for 2021 right now. Who the hell knows? And, and I think we're going to see a few of those chips starting to fall maybe in a couple of weeks. There's a tire test down down in florida i can't really say where at but uh, you know, most people secret. know <laughs> most people know but i think we'll see some new new butts on some new seats and uh you might speculate and might continue on from there including the triumph uh the triumph the gateleys had the triumph yeah. at the daytona short track and i think they're gonna have somebody on that uh, on that motorcycle down there in, in florida in a couple weeks is that something you could talk about 
that's about it. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> you could talk I'm about not that, sure. huh? I'm not sure who's going to be on the seat. Oh, that'll be interesting. Somebody will. Um, not me. Yeah, and that's a, that's one of the, our patrons actually uh, asked for some some info on, in dirt on the, on the Triumph and what's going on there. We're digging. Uh, hopefully it'll be a future episode uh, coming up here in the next few weeks, maybe the next month. Uh, but yeah, there, there's there's other exciting things for, for 2021 as well. And uh, look forward to seeing how it all unfolds for sure. Anything else in the, in the flat track world that we missed this week? Well... We, we did talk about the first ever AMA All Adaptive Race that's 100%. going on this weekend, tonight yep. and tomorrow night. But along with that, there is a huge purse up for grabs. And huge. I think it's listed as the Open Pro class. And I said huge. 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 I, I think it's, it's $9,999. Why? Is there a certain reason why it's that number? I, I will speculate on this one. Okay. So speculate AMA away. Ohio, not AFT, not American Flat Track, but I think AMA Ohio kind of puts restrictions on how much of a purse you can pay yeah. at a non-national event. Okay. And I believe it has to be ten thousand dollars under ten thousand dollars. So I'm I'm assuming that's why it's ninety nine ninety nine. Interesting. All right. Either way, and, it's up uh, there, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and in the fact the you know, the adaptive race, we talked about that last week with uh, Mert and uh, Jason, or racing Jason Griffin, or Lightning Jason Griffin, as well, he likes to. If, if he wins, it's Lightning. Is but that the he, deal? If he doesn't, it's still racing Jason. <laughs> and I saw that uh, our friend of ours, Jeffrey Carver's headed out there. Another friend of the show, absolutely. Uh, Jordan Graham's out there. Uh, AJ Kirkpatrick's out there. And you know, there's so many fast guys on California. Uh, I believe it's there's a pay per view you can uh, you know kind of webcast. Oh, I've already bought my ticket. It's like twenty bucks, I think. But I, twenty I, bucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bought, bought mine, uh, and I'll be watching for sure. Uh, shit, any flat track, uh, I'll, I'll be in for. <laughs> I might even roll up to uh, this thing in in uh, what is it? The Thanksgiving is it next weekend? Next weekend? Yeah, yeah. it's already here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Robbie they Bobby's haven't, in. They haven't reached out to me yet, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Robbie it's Bobby's running miles now, I guess. from my house so. to Traveler's Rest. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, I think there's, you know, you said that tire test is, is maybe happening too that nobody's supposed to know about. I think, um, I think that's around December 5th or so. So yeah, that's that's so. coming up too. There's definitely things going on, things that'll keep us busy um, until it goes silent there towards the end of the year usually. But uh, but yeah, man, you want to get into this week's episode? I think so. Um, this this is this was tough. And just a little insight: we had like three topics that we were trying to get uh, for possibly to get for this week. Uh, they're all in. Everybody, you mean three? You mean three people? Well, three. Let's just say three. Topics. Three topics, because one of the topics included okay. three different people in itself. So, um, oh. yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's stuff that we've talked about for the, you know trying to schedule for the next few weeks. But we wanted one of them to paint out this week. And none of them did. Now, they're all going to happen. They're all happening. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the scheduling guides coming together and making sure that we're all able to uh, hop on a phone call or, you know, put make the interview happen uh, at the same right. time. So uh, we've got them scheduled for future episodes. So I think we're good for the next month now, but left us without anything this week. And, uh, you know, when we when things fall through, that doesn't mean that we don't do an episode. Now, I think there's been a couple times where I've thrown out there, hey, man. You know, we've been doing this for three years, or we've been doing this for two years. We can take a week off, and every time Scotty's like, every Friday, not gonna happen. Rely on us every Friday. You're right. You're right, and we've built that in there. It one, you know, I'm, I'm saying there's gonna be a day where it doesn't happen. I'm hoping that's not the case, but. Are you gonna? Are you feeling sick right now or something? Are you calling sick on me for next week? (laughs) I got the black (laughs) lung pop. I got the black lung pop. Anyways, uh. 
what no, no? Zoolander anyways uh, no. so uh no so we decided well and this is actually Scotty's idea I got to give you full credit on this one and we've done this before um we're gonna do a season recap since you know we you know we never really went through the season we talk about every race you know what, what happened little recaps here and there but we never did a full season review and we're gonna have a special guest on and this was tough right because last two episodes have been insane with bill warner mm-hmm. and then mert lawwell so how the hell do you follow that up there's only one person there's only one person that can follow that up and and you know who that is you got god's phone number <laughs> well no i don't even know if he'd take our call but um, oh okay all right but i do know one person that would top both of those interviews yeah and it would yeah. be the perfect person to deliver their insight on the 2020 season it's gotta be somebody that went to or that watched every race every lap probably okay i can't even say that i did that this year you can say that you did that you were there um yeah and this person they're pretty close to you uh-huh it's graham of course yes graham graham is gonna yeah. join us we're gonna call her right now let's phone her in okay let's call her up let's do it i'm gonna stay on for this one is that all right absolutely Chris. Hey, Graham. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. I forgot that like my number is on this when I dial. Um, <laughs> you... Hi, Graham. Scotty's on as well. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Yeah. Uh, it's, Scotty usually does these interviews, but I told him that this is like a super important guest and I'd like to be part of it. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to join in on the interview portion of it. Uh, it's okay with me, son. All right, I love it. I love it. See, you're, you're the, in the family. You're the Carter's grandson. In the family. I'm the son. Yeah. I love it. Why would you take an old woman's word for anything? Well, because we already had Bill Warner on, and then we had Mert Lawwell. So the only person that can top those two people is you. <laughs> I, I only wish. That's why we called you. Yeah, absolutely. I only wish. Well, yeah. we hadn't done like a, a full review of the season, and we thought who better to like walk through the 2020 season than Graham herself. So we, we're gonna we're gonna go race by race and talk about the things that we've identified as some of the highlights of each race, and maybe get some of your some of your feedback. What do you think? Well, uh, it's very good. I watch very closely. I go back and watch them again, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my excitement doesn't just end after the flag, but uh, I tried to rework it in my head why it happened or why it didn't happen. Uh, but of course, I only went to um, two different uh, Grand Nationals this year. Yeah, unfortunately, the COVID, uh, you know, kind of kept you at home a little bit closer than normal. But uh, let's start off the year, you know, Volusia. We've been there a lot, mostly Mm -hmm. as non-nationals, mostly as Steve Nace races. But uh, first time ever, uh, American Flat Track went there for two Grand Nationals, and it it was amazing right from the get-go. Well, Volusia has always been a very favorite track of mine. Uh, as I flew into Daytona for the first Grand National, I went from the airport directly to that track. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I've got left the memory of that trip. Because after that, we were out of there with a the COVID scare. Absolutely. So 
you know, we didn't start the season until July. Of course, we were all ready to go in March, but in, in July came around. I was really worried that the track wasn't going to be good because of how hot it is down in Florida. I thought they did a great job with the racetrack, and the racing was great both nights. What do you think? Uh, I love that track. I uh, I did love the uh, race itself. I felt bad for the riders that they were geared to start in March. And uh, then they had to regroup. And you could kind of see that with the riders. But the track itself was fabulous. Fast. Well, I, I got a I got a question for you. Scotty says that that singles race, that first uh, that first race for the singles, was probably the best racing he's ever seen uh, in that singles class. Would you agree with that, Graham? Or is there another race that sticks out in oh, your mind? Oh, definitely. I I don't know. I don't know if I was excited or scared. Mm-hmm. That exactly. that was my feeling during that race. It was. Uh, uh, it was scary for me, but but it was exciting also. But uh, I've watched that a lot of times over. Yeah, that it was crazy. You know, there was so many people in that main event, you know, battling for the top spot. And the one kid that was missing that we thought was going to be the champ, that <laughs> Dallas Daniels missed the main event, and then Maxwell goes on to win his first ever main. So what what were you most surprised about, that, that Dallas didn't qualify or that Max won his first race? Well, uh, Dallas was a shocker for me. Uh, I thought there must be something drastically wrong there that he didn't qualify. Uh, Maxwell did not surprise me because I think uh, I think that's your uh, hidden guy that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Love it. And, and, and I think the uh, other big takeaway we had from that first event was obviously the contact between Mies and Mies and Carver. Now we've heard a lot of different people's opinion on this one, but the only one that really matters to me is what Graham thinks. Who was at fault there? And do you well, think it was a uh, racing thing or what? Uh, my comment on that is, uh, I love all these riders. Uh, I'm not out there. I'm not doing it. I don't know what goes through their head and, and why it goes through their head. My comment on this as uh, single opinions uh, are just single opinions. There you go. You, you can take that any way you want. But but uh, I just my hope is that the the riders can move on with this. It was a little early, I agree, but I think they can move on. Yeah, I think so too. I think you know, Graham. I think it was a racing deal. Uh, I think they both seem to moved on. I don't think there's any contact yeah. between the two of them the rest of the the rest of the year. So let's go to Volusia night number two. Meese again wins. So he won the last two races of 2019 and the first two of 2020. Well, you know that Mies came in there in March with a real vengeance, you know, and he was ready to get that number one plate back. So I don't think that that him winning uh, was a surprise to anybody. I mean, that team is ready to win, and it, it's up to the other riders to not let him win. Absolutely. So uh, Dallas Daniels, you know, like we just said, didn't make the main the first night, kind of, uh, uh, you know, woke him up a little bit. And then he goes out and wins the second night. And Shana Texter right there on the back fender almost beat him to the line because he's kind of celebrate, started celebrating a little too soon. 
Yeah, he did. He threw his hands up uh, too close to the flag there. And uh, uh, he's not a quitter. Uh, that kid is so focused. If you look at his very young photos of anybody that took of him, him uh, he is focused and ready to win. He's a winner at all times. Uh, it just, uh, it was a shocker not to see him make the main the first race. Absolutely. And then we talked about Shana getting that podium, um, you know, at the start of the season, this was only round yeah. two at this point, you know, we're thinking, you know, she's in the mix. She's, but you know, this would only end up being one of her two podiums. Uh, so, I mean, what were your thoughts on Shana, you know, starting the season like this? Well, you already know that, that she is like a, a Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, everybody loves her. She's, a. uh, excellent talented writer she can do it yeah uh we don't know what the fault is here right now but she's coming you can't ever count her out absolutely could not agree with you more there so let's move on to the next event um one that was not on the schedule originally but uh and has been yeah. something that we've gone to a lot on the in the world of flat track is is the indie mile how uh, how excited were you when you heard the news that we would be racing again at the Indy Mile? Well, uh, my thoughts on that are is it's a hub of racing. We ought to be there every year. Uh, that, that's an attention getter with every sport that anybody in any other sport follows that. They all follow Andy. Uh, I've been there. I love the facility. Uh, I think we need to keep that on the schedule no matter what we do. I agree, Graham. So uh, Breyer goes on and stops Mises' momentum and wins his first ever mile, and he goes back-to-back on the mile, but uh, he completed the flat track Grand Slam. Uh, did that surprise you at all? Not not one bit. Not one bit from Breyer. didn't shock me at all. Uh, he knew he had to stop uh, Jared's momentum quickly because he already seen that uh, he was coming. He was coming after that plate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And we actually, I mean, we talked to Mert Lawa last week and he said that that was one of the highlights of his career is completing that grand slam. So it's, it's kind of cool, you know, to see a rider that's found success as and and won championships raising that, you know, that, that accomplishment to such a level, but, uh, but good, good, um, good on Briar for getting it done. The biggest thing that stuck out to me, and I'd love to get your opinion. Uh, you know, I love to see, new riders winning their first races, right? Like, um, I've seen Ben Lau for a couple years and, uh, Brandon kitchens come on pretty strong in the, in, the, in his first couple years, but both of them took home their first wins, uh, in, in, uh, AFT competition, uh, at Indy. How cool was that for you to see? Well, you already knew they were much, very much in the Mac. hundred percent. I mean, they, they, they weren't back runners. They nope. were up there in the Mac You're right in and there. they could take the win at every, any given track at any given time. I'm proud of those boys. Yeah. It's good to see them. Go. Good to see those new, new folks getting up there on the podium and, and taking wins for sure. Uh, the, the second night, the second night, Graham, you had Brian Smith getting a third on that Harley XG seven fifty. Uh, not too many podiums for Harley this year. Did it surprise you that, that Brian was on the podium at Indy? Well, uh, uh, that's where, uh, Brian needs to be that that's where he came from. That's where he needs to be now. 
It mm-hmm. uh, it surprised me a little bit, but uh, I I don't think it was uh, Brian that surprised me. I, I thought it was uh, Harley being on the podium was. Uh, you you know, I'm from the era where if you didn't have a Harley, you just didn't win. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so so we'll always keep that in the back of our mind. And uh, uh, hooray for those guys. I mean, they did their homework. Uh, Brian especially did it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because... I'm only four years in, a little over four years in. So in the era that I've lived in flat track, Harley <laughs> has not been the winner. It's, it seemed to be Indian, but uh, it's funny how it yeah. it flips like that. Um, another thing that worth mentioning in Indy was uh, I think uh, Cole Zabala got his best career finish. I know that you follow Cole pretty closely and you're a big fan. Um, how cool yeah. is it for, for you to see Cole to get up, up there on the podium and get his best career finish? Well, I was uh, more than excited for Cole. Uh, yeah, he has been one of my very favorites. I know. He's uh, well well versed. Uh, uh, he can talk a good story, and he also has a very good talent there. And he's going to rise to the top. Just watch for it. Uh oh, Grant's right. calling it. I like, I like it. I like, I like it. it. So- so the next round, you actually got to go. You got to go to Springfield. You and Pa drove up and uh, got to go to Springfield. Yeah. It was uh, four days of racing because we did some amateur stuff on Thursday. Friday was the Steve Nace All-Star Race. And then we mixed in two Grand National short tracks for the AFT singles. I think that's the first time in history we've ever had two in the same day that I can remember, at least in modern era. Uh, what did you think about that? Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a real uh, job for those writers to be on top of their game at all times. Uh, it's tough enough when they uh, run a short track once. But when they got to go back to back, maybe go back, get some water, get a bite to eat, and then come back out and do that show all over, it thoroughly amazed me at uh, what a great job they all did. It was a long, long day. I just have a random question as the new guy. Has that ever been done? Were they run two like that in the same day that you guys know of? Well, uh, way, way back in the day, they did a lot of that. Yeah. But, of course, you had riders that were traveling all over the United States, yeah. living out of their van. Uh, they they wanted to run all week. <laughs> exactly, uh, it was a living, and yeah. yeah. But now this this day and age, it's not as uh, popular. Yeah, I got you. Um, one of the one of the most interesting things I saw during that night of a uh, short track race in there in Springfield uh, was Henry Henry Wiles' deal. Uh, do you do you, were you, you were there in person? What was your? I got to hear your take on the whole Henry Wiles debacle. I wouldn't even call it debacle. Whatever it was, what do you think? Well, well, you know, um, you can't you can't deny what you see on the video, <laughs> right? And and he really jumped the line, and uh, he wouldn't accept that. And like I said before. I'm not the rider. I don't know what goes through their mind, but they're hungry. Uh, they have to uh, show real good results for their promoters yep. and for their sponsors. And uh, he wouldn't give up. Yeah. 
And I just kept saying under my breath, Henry, just go back there, just go back. But uh, I don't know what he was feeling. You, you know, Graham, I think, you know, I was I was calling that race from the back straight away and I couldn't see exactly what happened, but I was told the light never changed, but but it malfunctioned. It, it malfunctioned, yeah. but he was the only one that left. So in my opinion, again, from the back straight away, he jumped the yeah. start. I mean, the light did malfunction. So I see both sides of the story, but I think that lit a fire in because he went on to get second in both main events. Oh, wow. I mean, he was the show, actually. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. um, he he was going to get there or go down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that makes it even more yeah. impressive that, that Trevor Bruner was able to make the move he did on, you know, the, the veteran Henry Wiles and get his first win. I just thought that that was the coolest thing to see uh, from a, from my perspective. Well, you already knew that Trevor was also a winner. Yep. Uh, it's a tough, tough class, and it's a tough, tough track. But he just rode to his best ability, and uh, uh, there shouldn't be no surprise for us. The starts okay. are crucial on that mm-hmm. short track. And yep. if you don't get that, you're almost out of the game. Trevor got off of there so well, so perfect. You know, how can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to the, the uh, you know, your favorite racetrack and, and, and my favorite racetrack to go to is, of course, the Springfield Mile. Uh, day number one, Sammy Halbert breaks his winless streak of two and a half years. Uh, he's teamed up with Cool Beth. You know, you and I have been a fan of Kenny Kubeth for a long time, but how happy were you for uh, Sammy to get his first win in two and a half years? Well, I think Sammy had that coming. And I also knew that uh, when Kubeth put that team together, uh, they were going to be there. And uh, that that's just a powerful team. And Sammy is a, a winning rider. Uh, but uh, the uh, you could tell by the audience uh, what a thrill that was. If you go back and watch that tape and uh, hear any part of that audience, kind of tells you uh, how that was so exciting for everybody. Hundred percent. And and you know, I was actually lucky enough to be down there. You know, on the start finish line uh, after that, and yeah. to see. Uh, you know, Kenny Jr. Uh, and the whole team come out and celebrate with, with Sammy. I was standing next to uh, Ken Sr. actually, and I looked over and I said, you know, well, what's more exciting, <laughs> seeing him win his, uh, seeing Kenny win his first win as a rider or as a, a team owner and, 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 you know, with the team? Yeah. He, goes, he goes, oh, this is, this is the best. And he was, he was tearing up watching Kenny celebrate. Really cool moment down there on the start finish as well. But you're right. The, the crowd was going nuts for it too, wasn't they? Yeah. So uh, we did have a surprise that weekend. Uh, Bugs Pearson and a friend of ours, Rick Canode, kind of parted ways, but nobody really knew why or what happened. And so they put Ryan Varnes on the seat of that uh, Indian, and he looked good uh, the entire the entire weekend. I think he did something like ninety nine miles on you know riding both bikes, but he he he, uh, he looked good to me on both bikes. What do you think? Well, uh, Ryan is a very versatile rider. I think he can handle any event and handle it well. He's from a great racing family. Uh, He just 
just all showed us what he's really all about. Uh, don't ever count him out. We did miss Robbie at the race. Uh, mm-hmm. We did wonder what was going on, although I think we could see that coming yeah. earlier. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't a big shock, but I think the shock to me was who, who rode the bike. And Ryan yeah. was very capable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to uh, to the to day two of Springfield. Um, I didn't get to stay for day two. I was actually I actually headed back to Redbud for for uh, the for the second event up there. But I did get to see Graham, and I got my hug, so I'm happy. So day two, uh, Rispoli, you know, I think is the big one there. Ooh. He, I think, was yeah. this is the one he won by like 12 seconds? If I if I'm not wrong, or he he, I know that it's the one that started a five win streak for him. So did you think? that he was going to rattle off that many wins, you know, starting in Springfield? Well, I, I had my doubts uh, uh, about James. Yeah. Um, I, I just wonder what that guy eats. Uh, <laughs> you know, every time I see him, he's always on a high. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I just love the guy. Absolutely. I love his interviews. I love the excitement. I get so excited when he's interviewing. It's unreal. Yep. And he's paid his dues all through his career. 100%. And he knows where he came from. And uh, he he just gets more likable writer award every time. The audience absolutely loves that guy. Um, Yeah, I I just, uh, I hope for the best for him. And uh, five wins was a little bit of a shocker to me. But but he can do it. He proved himself. Absolutely. Uh, nothing too surprising in the Super Twins there at Springfield Mile Day 2. Meese took the win, Robinson second, then Breyer third. So let's move on to Williams Grove, uh, a, a track I like going to. I mean, I mean, I know it's a car track, but the racing has been pretty good there the last few years. It's getting better. I think they're figuring out how to prep the track for us. Uh, the biggest story of the weekend to me was Royal Infield and Johnny Lewis. What do you think about that? Well, uh, I think that came as a big surprise to everybody out there. If it did, then they weren't following. But Johnny, of all people, can do what was done. Uh, He can take nothing and make something out of it. Mm -hmm. He amazes me. Uh, He focuses on so many, putting out so many fires. I still don't know how he gets that all together. I'm not sure who can understand that. Uh, he's an outstanding writer. Uh, you know, he does miracles under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm just so happy for him. He makes me nervous to watch him a little bit, but uh, he's out there to prove a point. Absolutely, and it's, I, me personally, I think it's one of the coolest, coolest storylines for 2020 to see what they've done with that new. That new bike with the, you know, the limited resources, I think, hell, I think they only had one bike at the track that weekend, um, which is pretty cool to, to come, yeah. up, come away with a, a sixth and a seventh finish respectively over, over the two days. So, um, this is, this is one that I want to call out and kind of get your, your thought on it. Jared Mees actually missed his first podium, which, and, and Scotty and I were looking at this saying like, when, when has Mees not been on the podium? And crazy enough, it was Williams Grove in 2019 Whoa. so like which we didn't Local even track yeah we didn't even realize right That's, it's his home track oh. you would think so what's your thought on that yeah. any any thought 
Well, uh, I don't think that Jared slept that night. That's what I can tell you about that guy. <laughs> Probably. Uh, he was up watching that race and, and watched. Uh, he he rerun it all night, you can bet. Yeah. And uh, he's not going to let that happen again. Nope. Uh, I don't right. know what went bad there, but uh, maybe it, he was actually too focused. Uh, being a home track and wanting that number one plate back on his bike. Maybe he was too focused. Maybe tried too hard. Who knows, but, but, but you know Jared's got that bigger down. Yeah, I was going to say, Graham says, everybody watch out for Meese in uh, Williams Grove in 2021. So the to, I think the topper of the night for me, too, in the singles class, Mikey Rush gets his first win of the season, and Estenson goes one and two with uh, Dallas Daniels finishing up second. So uh, they were both on fire that night. Well, wasn't that so good for Tim uh, to get those podiums in second? Uh, mm -hmm. you, you can't count those guys out week after week after week. They're going to be there. If they're not in front of you, they're going to be right on your rear wheel. Uh, yeah, I loved it. it. It was a great race. I agree with you. Um, let's talk about night number two. And we didn't really mention this guy yet, but Dan Bromley. <laughs> who's also from Pennsylvania, two top five finishes, Graham, fifth place both nights. So he backed it up the second night to show that the first night wasn't a fluke. And I don't know if anybody was aware of this. We kind of talked about it on the podcast, but he went down after the checkered flag the first night, and they spent all night working on that motorcycle to get it ready for night number two. So that, that just made it even more impressive that he got two fifth place finishes. Well, we all watched him come through the singles uh class as a champion we already knew what dan could do mm -hmm. uh it was a big jump up to the twins but uh, the top five um you know in both nights mm -hmm. i'm so proud of him uh they they better be watching him i agree and last thing on uh williams grove was trent low uh you know this kid had fast time at, at, at volusia and fell asleep on the starting line. So uh, he was working his way towards the front at the end of the year, and he gets a, an impressive second-place finish there. Uh, did that surprise you at all? Well, I've always been uh, cheering for Trent. Uh, he's an excellent rider. Uh, you can't count him out at any track or any race. Uh, I was very proud of him. I love to see Everybody, I want everyone out there winning uh, every race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that can't happen, but he's so talented and so humble. Uh, and uh, if, with this momentum, he's probably going to uh, be a real challenge in 21. Okay. I love it. Okay. Um, we'll move on to, uh, to devil's bowl, a race that was new on the schedule this year, but not new to, uh, to flat track. We've had, Plenty of races there uh, before, some nationals, some grand nationals, I believe, too. Um, you've been there before uh, as well, Graham. Like, when was the last time you had been at Devil's Bowl, and did you notice any major changes to the track? I kind of think it was uh, probably in the early 80s or the, the late 70s. Oh, wow. And uh, Dan was racing at that time. Uh, guys like Neil Keem were there. Uh, the track was not prepped well. Uh, it was uh, uh, it was actually a contract because the World of Outlaws 
uh, use that track, right. and that's just exactly what it looked like. the The facility itself was very run down. Um, you you know uh, the the money that they socked into that track and that facility thoroughly amazes me. Uh, they brought a very uh, rugged track back to life. And I hope we go back there. It, it's beautiful there, and it's so well run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, me too, Graham. And and I think I last raced there in the in the mid nineties as well. I uh, got a good picture of uh, me and Nick Daniels, Dallas's dad there, and it was yeah. one of my favorite tracks. And and it's so unique because you go uphill in turns one and two, and then downhill in three and four. Which brings me to my next point: Friday night. A few guys were bouncing off that front straightaway wall right in front of you. Um, were you scared? Were you were you on the edge of your seat? I saw you standing up most of the night. Well, uh, uh, I I was fearful, uh, really, of the guys. I knew it was coming down with a, a, you know maximum speed and in, right into that wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very happy when they went out and put a red chalk line. Uh, I just thought something could be done, but really it couldn't have been done. If you go back and watch that, uh, it, it uh, you, you know, it was frightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, just watching, watching them come into that. And, you know, I don't sit down very well at a racetrack. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's where I have to be off by myself because I I can't have people talking to me or I can't be I'm focused. I got I got to know what's going on. So so Graham, I talked to the riders on Saturday morning in the pits and they all said it was because the lights were shining off the grandstands and the the wall was white, so it kind of blended into itself and so they went and rented some more lighting and put it on the infield and you know adjusted the way the light was shining because we didn't have that issue on Saturday night. So I think, you know, the riders spoke up, they listened, you know, yeah, it was the first time we'd been there as a grand national. So I thought they did a great job making sure that didn't happen the second night. Um, you know, a few guys bounced off the wall. We saw Robinson break his foot there. I think Meese, you know, hurt his right foot there also. Uh, but one of the positive things I thought out of that whole weekend and the most impressive thing to me was Robbie Pearson, you know, back-to-back podiums, and he held yeah. off Meese for I think twenty-seven laps. You know, and, and hung on to yeah. that podium finish. He never made a mistake, and of course, you know, Robbie's one of my sweethearts, and uh, I was so happy to see him back. Uh, he rode like his good old self again. Um, you know, he he's on his way up. If he can just get it all together, together and get his package all going, he'll be okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple more things on Dallas. Uh, Breyer wins by landslide. Uh, you know, the first night he lapped yeah. all the way up to seventh place and didn't quite do that well yeah. the second night. But he was he was on a roll. And I don't know, you know, when you unload and you're fast right out of the truck, I think it makes for a, an easy night for you if there is such a thing. But it looks like that's exactly what happened. Well, it looked like uh, right away in practice, it looked like uh, Breyer had that track under control. I mean, mm-hmm. his uh, riding riding style was so easy and looked so good. There was no surprise there. 
And the last thing we're going to touch on on Dallas was, uh, or, yeah, well, Dallas and Dallas Daniels is what I want to talk about, actually. After the victory podium, you know, a lot of our family got to go uh, that doesn't go to very many races because of the traveling and stuff like that. But a lot of our family was there, and Dallas Daniels ran, jumped up on the wall, and handed the hat through the fence. And my little cousin got the hat from the winner, and it just so happened it, it happened both nights. How cool was that? Well, you know, it just proves to everybody what an awesome young man this is. I mean, who would have thought you're down there giving your interview on the podium and it's usually chaos because you're you're actually trying to take care of the audience and then you're taking care of NBCSN, which uh, has to be done. And how would he have even thought about who was watching out of that audience? Uh, Now, we sat very close to the fence, and it was because of Bo. He's three years old. He goes to the the sprint car races every Saturday night. Uh, He knows how to choose riders and drivers. Mm -hmm. And uh, right off the bat, uh, he chose Dallas. And his eyes were focused on Dallas both nights. And when we asked, okay, who's going to win this one? It was always Dallas. And so when Dallas did win, then he was right down at that fence wanting to hear what he said. And, uh, and, And then when it was over, it was over, and he was happy. And then Dallas came across the track and jumped up on the grass. And he turned around and looked at us, Bo did. But uh, the audience went crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think Scotty even saw that happen. But the audience went crazy. And he so, so humbly uh, waved at the audience. I mean, he knows he knows who he's uh, entertaining every minute. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And to me, those are the things that go beyond the sport, right? And and when you can connect with with a especially with a little kid like that, um, that's that's going to be a fan for life. Wow. Um, and, and for for Dallas, well, it, it already yeah, it already is. Yep. He sleeps with the cat. So. <laughs> for Dallas to be able to recognize that at such a young age, and you know carry himself yeah. in the way that he does it's super impressive and and, and we're going to be we're going to be seeing that that kid for a win for a long time to come i got a, i got a feeling so um i think that's what we, that's enough of what do we say uh let's move on to atlanta here um it looks like Mies yeah Mies wins both nights and and that kind of uh kind of stops briar's momentum there i know uh i know that you know they were kind of back and forth you know briar stopped his momentum earlier in the season and now at during the yeah. atlanta races Mies kind of said no this is this isn't over um were you thinking that same thing like when you saw Mies win these two races that you know we got a championship battle for the for the super twins here well, you already knew that he stayed up all night and figured this out. Absolutely. And uh, he was coming after Briar. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, wh- whether Briar um, needed to just step it up or if he took it for granted, we'll never know that. Yeah. But you can bet that Briar went back and uh, watched all this mm-hmm. and uh, then said, hey, wait a minute, he's back. <laughs> you yep. know? Yep. 
So the only other real exciting thing on the first night was Rispoli went down. Uh, in the main event, there were <laughs> yeah. there were a couple of red flags, and, and he got into the oil slick going into turn one and went down. Yeah. They they restarted it yeah, and they put him back in his original starting or his his running spot, which was second. But you know they decided that was yeah. a racing deal. It wasn't Rispoli's fault that the oil was on the track, so that's why they put him back in in the second starting spot, and that's where he ended up. So uh, I thought you know that was impressive for one for for falling down at about eighty miles an hour, getting back up and and brushing yourself off, and then still finishing second. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, uh, of, of all people, you know, Rispoli is a really a tough, tough guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did get up, and you could just see through that helmet that he was focused enough. If he had to start on the rear of that red flag, he was going to be okay with it. He was going to come through him. And I, I do know that Corey knows that. Uh, you know, he he's like the ever ready bunny. You mm-hmm. just don't stop that guy. Uh, his whole life story is that way. Yep, yep. Corey goes on to win. Rispoli second. Uh, let's go to night number two. Brandon Price leads just about every lap and almost beats Jared Meese. I think they that Meese bounced off the wall in the back straight away. He was doing everything he could. He didn't want to get beat by this young rookie, uh, Brandon Price. Well, yeah, but yeah, you know, if you look back at the year before in 19, Brandon was there on the podium a lot. Uh, that shouldn't surprise anybody that, that Brandon won that. It, it was his time. He was coming all along. It shouldn't have been a surprise. Yeah. Did, did you think, do you think Price was going to beat him or do you think Meese was just kind of sitting back there watching him and waiting till the end? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think Mies has got that in him to sit back and watch. <laughs> I, I've I agree. That. <laughs> I agree. Uh, let, let's uh, one, one more thing on Atlanta night number two. Rispoli goes back onto uh, in, back into his winning ways. So uh, he kind of put it on him right there and showed him that he's uh, he's he's the real deal. He is the real deal. I don't know where he's going to go from this point on. I couldn't tell by uh, the interviews I've seen with him um, whether he's going to get a sponsor or be able to move up. But uh, he's got what it takes. Absolutely. I don't think anybody would deny that. Um, Let's move on to Charlotte now. We only got one race in at Charlotte because of Mother Nature. She usually loves her flat track and and lets us get all the the races in eventually, but we we, we only got one of the two in at Charlotte. But it was a pretty interesting one. Um, Me personally, I don't know how much you know this, Graham, but I'm a huge Carver fan. Uh, So it was really cool for me (laughs) to get that win. Not just to see Carver, you know, with the effort that he had in 2020 atop the podium. That was awesome, obviously. But I, I don't know if you know this, but Scotty and I had a little side bet where if Carver didn't win, I was going to need to shave my eyebrows. So I was really excited that I didn't have to shave my eyebrows. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That, 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 that's a big bet. That's how yeah. confident I, that's how uh, confident you, I was. You, you, you know Carver is always there fighting for the win. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, I would never bet eyebrows on him. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, Carver has a lot of fans. Absolutely. You'll mm-hmm. never be able to deny that. Uh, he, he's a great kid. 
Uh, I love him to death. I loved it when he won. Yeah. Uh, not that I dislike somebody else not winning. It was just that I love Carver winning. 100%. Absolutely. The singles race, Graham, there at Charlotte on, on Friday night, mm-hmm. you know, it was incredible. It was kind of like the Volusia night number one. I mean, I think we had four or five different <laughs> leaders. And Dallas had already pretty much locked up the championship by just making the main. I think he, that's all he had to do. And But he yeah. didn't give up. He didn't give up, and he passed yeah. uh, passed the guys on the last lap, passed Morgan Mishler, and took the win yeah. anyway. Uh, what a race. Does anybody breathe during these single races? <laughs> I mean, I don't, don't know. Uh, yeah, you I know, if these, riders, if these riders weren't equally talented, this mm-hmm. would never work. We'd see chaos. So yeah. what does that tell you about all these guys? The excitement is overwhelming to me in that class. Uh, I I just wait for that single main. 100%. Yeah, I, I think part, part of that too, Graham, is these kids grow up riding these motocross-framed motorcycles. So, you know, they have so many laps on them. And, you know, the 250 frames, very set up similar to the 450. Uh, so they've got a little bit more of an advantage, I think, than some of the veterans who didn't grow up on the, the 450, you know, the, the motocross style bikes and, and like Mikey Rush, who has to go down, you know, or doesn't have to go down, but Mikey Rush, who is riding a, a, a motocross bike style, uh, bike and Henry Wiles, you know, who's, who's one on framers. He's one on the, on the stock frame bike too. But, uh, these kids have a little bit of an advantage, I think. And, and like you said, the talent pool is so high that the racing is just so good in that class. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, you know that they're on each other's rear wheel. Mm-hmm. They have to know. Now when we got, for instance, we got Corey's little guy, Cruz coming up, watch him. And mm-hmm. that tells you what these single riders are and where they came from. Yep. He's the guy that's going to be there. Cru- exactly. Cruz just got an Instagram account this week, I saw. I don't know if you saw that, but he's <laughs> he's, he's on Instagram Look out world. now. So, yeah, you guys need to follow Cruz on Instagram. Let's move on to the season finale. We go to Daytona for the oh. short track. And I, I'm going I'm to be honest with you. We talked about it before we went down there. I was not excited about going to the short track. I thought we should go back to Volusia. I thought anywhere else but that little short track. And I was surprised the track was awesome. It held together better than I thought. But I think I think maybe it sat there and cooked in that Florida sun long enough that it stayed a little bit harder. Um, what were your thoughts on going to the Daytona short track before we talk about the racing? Well, I didn't like it at all. I've seen, I don't know, probably uh, 25 Grand Nationals on the short track down there. And it certainly wasn't that one. And uh, I know going by what the audience says, they don't like the facility. They don't like the audience part. And and the, uh, the short track has always been the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had to improve or or else. It was very exciting. Uh, I enjoyed it. I saw they worked on that track a lot. And uh, they got the accomplishment there. So, yep. yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought they did a great job. And what you're talking about about the audience is, uh, you know, it's hard for them to see everything. And then at that particular facility, 
which was the same as it was all year long at all the races. You couldn't go from the grandstands to the pit area, and I think that's been the biggest complaint about about yeah. that facility. But uh, let's talk about the racing action now. Johnny Lewis gets the first win on the Royal Enfield, uh, and he won by you know almost a full straightaway over over Corey in that production twins class. But I I honestly didn't even think that the Royal Enfield would ever get on the podium this year. Uh, just because they're brand new and they had one motorcycle, they had issues. They got the bike three days before the Williams Grove, uh, and then Johnny Lewis goes out and wins that race. Uh, were you surprised? Well, I was shocked more than ever. Uh, I I know Johnny can do that. I followed him a long time. He's a very talented man. Uh, the the Royal Enfield, I thought, was going to take maybe two, three years of development right. and mm-hmm. searching for the the right thing. And so, therefore, it surprised me a lot. Okay. Uh, Chad Coase gets the win uh, for Wally Brown Racing, which was their first year in the sport, and Suzuki. And it was Chad's first win of the season on the 450. Um I think it was a long time coming. I think he he was getting more and more momentum because of his success on both bikes. But uh, I was glad to see him finally win on that single. That's a, a challenge guy there. Uh, I don't know how he does that. Uh, I do know that uh, they were biting on his rear wheel all through that race. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he actually rode the race of his life there. Uh, I was tickled to death. I love Chad. I follow him very closely. I don't know how he races two classes and uh, even different sized motorcycles. I don't know how the guy does it. He's an animal. We love we love we love our coast. Um, no, it's good stuff. Animal, yep. Yep. Well, and the the one last thing I'll say about the Daytona, right? B Rob's dominant, right? Like dominance between the two nights. Oh, wow. He. he uh, I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere because he was in the mix the whole year. He suffered through a couple injuries and had to battle that throughout the year. Um, but man, did he show out for these Daytona races, right? Sweeping both nights. That was pretty Ooh, uh, impressive. Yeah, huh? he, he did. Uh, with an injury like that, uh, I, I even was fearful for him. But uh, that shows you what a guy he is. They're all tough. Yep, They don't absolutely. care about getting injured. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They'll heal up and they'll race again the next weekend. Right. Let's wrap up Daytona night number two. Corey Texter, uh, you know, wins the race. He did what he had to to try to win that championship, but it just uh, wasn't his championship year, so he didn't back up the number one plate. But uh, Rispoli wins the championship, but Corey looked really good a second the first night and a win the second night. Yeah, uh, he had that coming. Uh, Corey works awfully hard and a uh, great rider. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a thorn in your side every time you get up there at the line. Yeah, I was proud of Corey. He did a great job. Well, that's the wrap on the season. We have a few miscellaneous questions if you're up for it. I think uh, I think you're you're doing great. You're putting the uh, the season you know, the icing on the cake for us. But uh, a couple of things that were new that I want to ask you about is what did you think about the timed races instead of laps? Well, uh, of course, I'm used to laps. Maybe give it a little bit more time. I, I thought I thought some of the races might have been too much time. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can all be considered before you make a change or the riders uh, should have a lot of input and you should be listening to the riders. I don't know if it's a good thing for them to have that clock up there watching. That hmm. that confused me a little bit. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe turn that around. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't I, I didn't know a lot. I I couldn't put a focus on that time racing. I'm not. It was all new to me. Okay. Yeah, I think I think hopefully they do kind of like you said, listen listen to the feedback and uh it is the first yeah. year, right? So it, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, hopefully they'll they'll listen and evolve mm-hmm. uh whether they stick with the time races or not. Another thing that was new this year was the double headers. Now, I'm sure there's been double headers mm-hmm. before. There was a uh, there was actually a double header the year prior in Springfield when they're further from the rain out. So, what did you think about going sure. two nights in a row with uh with races? Well, you know, I I really thought about that a lot when we had the short track doubleheader. It was really a grueling day for those riders, but uh, it actually has a good point. Uh, it cuts back on your traveling and your expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's all bad, but I I think uh, if a guy if a if a guy needs to go back to the shop to rebuild, it might be a problem. But mm-hmm. I think they come equipped with that in mind, so I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you, Graham. I think you know, I think there should be more double headers again next year. I think you know there should be some one offs, like if we go to Peoria, if we hopefully we go back to Peoria. I hope we go to Buffalo Chip and Rapid City. Uh, those are kind of one off events, even though they're they're a day apart. Um, I like the double headers, and and it is you know it's got to be cheaper for the teams just to travel in you know, to, to nine rounds or eight right. rounds instead of, you know, 18 rounds. So I, I'm right there with you. Save costs for our teams. What do you think about all the crazy news already this off season? I mean, we're just, you know, what, four weeks, you know, post Daytona and we're hearing a lot of crazy news. You know, there's a new guy in charge of competition, a Harley Davidson news. What are you thinking about all this news so quickly after the season? Well, we always have uh, crazy news, but this seems to be elevated this year. And um, I, I hope, uh, I just hope and pray that there's not riders out there uh, ending up with without sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope there's none of them left holding the bag. That my only concern with it is the riders. I just okay. feel for them. I gotcha. Um, this question may be a little hard. But I don't know if you've thought about this, but do you, do you have a favorite response, you know, from any of our guests to Graham's question? My response to Mert Lawwell, I go back a lot of years with Mert Lawwell. He was running actually out of Idaho when I, when I was watching him run. And uh, I asked him if he was ever going to slow down because what I could see, his momentum was still there and he was still going strong. Mm-hmm. And then he also was helping with that Sonoma race coming up this weekend. And uh, my question to him was, when are you going to slow down? His response was, he laughed, and then he said, when I tip over. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that's my response 
to everything now. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a great, great answer. I, it was probably aside from this episode, probably my favorite episode that we've done. Uh, no, it's good yeah. stuff. And, and man, I'm still I'm still beside myself thinking thinking about the fact that we we chatted with Mert Lawwell for an hour and, and have that as an episode too. That's just how amazing is that, right? Well, uh, that has to be my favorite uh, guest of the whole year. Nice. Uh, simply because he works with humanity. He sees the need for prosthesis. He sees the needs out there for every uh, sport, every individual that's coming up in the world. Uh, how, how many other people think of all that? And, Not many. and are thinking of other people and other means yeah. to make it easier for life yep. in itself. Yeah, yeah, that that was an amazing interview. Yeah, for, he was so easy to talk to. I know Scotty was nervous yeah. about interviewing Merck. We all were. Well, yeah. Well, me, no one, no one, Merck, way, way back. I thought he, I thought all those guys were so easy to love and and uh, be around. And I thought it was surprising that Scotty might be uh, nervous about Merck. But Merck is, uh, he's tops as far as I'm concerned. 100%. Yeah. I mean, for him to do everything that, you know, have the accomplishments he had once he stepped off the motorcycle, um, it just goes to show like his character, his drive. And, uh, you know, he's a badass. We, we definitely love that interview. So I think that you just answered the last question we had, which was your favorite guest for oh. the season. So what, 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 well done. You already, uh, that was the last one we had. I, I personally w- want to thank you for your insight. It means a ton for me, for you to spend the time and walk through the season with us. I know our listeners, every time you're on, we get insane feedback. They love hearing from you. Your, uh, your insight into the sport, uh, it's unmatched. I don't think we could talk to anybody in the sport and get the perspective that we get from Graham. So thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. I couldn't understand that, but but thank you so much. I, I love both you guys. I love every rider out there. So and they, and uh, they I love never, Graham. I can never. I can never be negative. I love that's it. right. And they yeah. all, they all love Graham, and they know where you sit at every track you go to. And uh, I'm just lucky enough to uh, have have the coolest Graham in the world. And uh, before we let our guests go, we usually ask them if there's anybody that they'd like to say thank you to. But um, I'm going to ask you that. I'm kind of putting you on the spot because I didn't tell you this. But if you want to say thanks to anybody, you can. If not, we'll wrap things up and and, uh, we'll call it a show. Well, you know, I have to thank everybody out there. Uh, I know I follow the tuners and I follow the promoters real close. I like to uh, repost their races coming up. I like to repost their results. I'm out of South Dakota. I I know those guys don't get it all. And I just want to be of help. And I, I certainly wouldn't be well-versed in this sport if I didn't uh, listen to all the podcasts from Off the Groove. I look so forward to Friday. I can't hardly get up Friday morning and uh, and not go straight to my phone because I know <laughs> Scotty's going to post the Off the Groove and I'm going to get to sit down and listen. Oh, awesome. I just love it so much. You guys make my life. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you, Graham. Graham, thank you so much, Graham. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, love you guys. Bye, Graham. Graham. Bye-bye. I love Graham. Not as much as I do. I don't know, man. 
dude. I'm just I've saying. I've loved her for 48 years. I uh, no, no. She, no. she's so sharp. I actually, ah, when she, I was out there at Springfield, me away. when I was there at Springfield this year, like I had to go run up and give her a big old hug. I hadn't seen her in forever, uh, and ended up sitting there talking to her for forty-five minutes uh, when I had stuff of to course. do. Of course, nobody, nobody heard that. But yeah, no, I, I was totally, totally loving every second. I every second with Graham's awesome. Her insight on the season is so cool to hear. Like you could tell her love for not just the sport, but each and every rider, dude. Like. Yeah. Any anybody that puts on a helmet and goes fast and turns left, they're good. They're in good graces with Graham. There you go. I love it. Um, what? She doesn't sugarcoat anything. She doesn't she hold doesn't. back. <laughs> and she which, loves her sport, which I love. Which is why I love. We had to include a Graham question in every episode because sometimes they're no. She's just like you know what. Do, what do you do outside of racing? Sometimes they're vanilla, but sometimes she'll throw a zinger in there that gets you like, oh, I want to hear the think, answer to this one. I think it depends on how well she knows that particular person. That's fair. You know, she she told me, you know, before we called Merton Lawwell, she said she watched his entire career. Wow. That's crazy. And, and I thought that was really cool. And she, she thought he was originally from Utah, and I said Idaho. She, you know, she said same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so it's really cool. You know, she she knows almost all the racers, and almost all the racers know her. And uh, she's a staple at the races. And she only got to go to Springfield, so she saw the Springfield Short Track and Springfield Mile One and Two, and then she saw the Devil's Bowl Day One and Two. So she yeah. she had five days of live racing, but she usually has more racing than I do. Somehow she goes to more races than I do every year. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, with the crazy year the 2020 has been, it's great to uh, check in with Graham at the end of the year and uh, put a button on on the season, man. We'll start to look forward to 2021. Like we said, it's going to be hard to try to get um, firm answers on anybody with anybody, but that... Oh, you want to get the beef jerky in there. You love your jerky, dude. I almost ate all of mine already. Almost ate it all. a bunch of it. So, uh, that's so if good. you want something, a snack, or if you want something for a Christmas present, a stocking stuffer. Dude, somebody balling. Like, somebody used the code and got 15% off. We're, we're selling we jerky, just, son. We just we just threw it out there not too long ago. <laughs> so, uh, Lone Star Beef Jerky, hit them up on social media. Hit them up. Look them up online. Use the code OTG15 for 15% off your entire order. Yeah. Uh, I think they make, you know, great stocking stuffers, gifts, uh, good handouts. I mean... They're packaged nice and neat. Uh, you might get a sticker or two. I got a yeah. postcard here from one of my heroes. Bubba. Is the man. He Bubba signed Jover. it. He signed mine. I don't know if he signed yours on the back and read a personal message. But Bubba didn't sign it, but the whole LSBJ team did. Oh, and wow. it says, enjoy. Great season. You a boss. I guess they know. Who, I guess we know who their favorite person on the podcast is. It's, oh, it's OTG15, okay. too. OTG15. You just enter that 15% off your whole order. And I'm telling you, this Jakey's delicious. 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 Well, Carter, what? what do you got going on this weekend? Uh, a whole lot of nothing, man. I'm cleaning around the house. I'm actually going to... I might make it down to Rossmeyer Har- Harley-Davidson down there in Daytona, finally. I got that poster. Right. Um, so, so XR 750 poster. Yeah, I got a poster and a t-shirt. Yeah. How did you get a t-shirt? I know people. I know people. Uh, you're talking about Shelly Rossmeyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in charge right. of that whole All deal right. down there. And I should been, get her autograph. You should get her autograph too while you're down there. I'll get it on my X, X, XR shirt. That'll be great. Or on the poster. There you go. No, I've been trying to figure out a reason to get Shelly on the show. Uh, I've known her for a while. She's, I mean, she's trying to get me to go down there and learn how to ride a motorcycle, which I'm terrified about. But um, Carter's Carter's name dropping over here. 
I am not a name dropper, and you know this okay. about me. I'm embarrassed. Thanks. Enjoy your visit down there to Bruce Rossmeyer's destination, Daytona, yeah, Harley Davidson. It's a badass little destination for sure. Um, yeah, it is. Well, cool. All dude. right. Well, keep keep her on four wheels. Everybody else, keep it on two wheels. And uh, I don't have nothing going on this weekend at all. Hopefully, some work comes in soon. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for all of our listeners. Smash that like button. Tell all your friends. Off the groove is where it's at. Peace. Later. Later. years old dude that is unbelievable like she has better insight than half the people in the sport no bullshit that was great that was great i got goosebumps that's awesome dude love her she's awesome did that surprise you at all one more time did that surprise you at all? Perfect. All right. Uh, okay. We got everything we need. That's, dude, I can't wait to get this one out. I'm literally just as stoked on this one as I was for Murray. <laughs> People are going to fucking love it. I, I, it's going to be great. They all love Graham. Yeah. It's going to be good. Golly.